Welcome to Front Office Pros. We covered free agency videos all of last week, so if you haven't watched them yet, please check them out. And if you've enjoyed these videos and enjoying this video right now, we encourage you to smash that like button. But let's start reacting, Joe. Hut, hut, hike! Wide receiver Adam Thielen signed with the Carolina Panthers. He ended up getting three years, $25 million for $14 million guaranteed. Joe, what's your reaction to this news? Yeah, you know, it's a pretty interesting signing by the Panthers. I mean, kind of like what we talked about, given the amount of money that he received, you know, being an older aging wide receiver. But, you know, the the Panthers really need some wide receiver help. More interesting to me was the fact that he had kind of a little bit of a bidding war going on. It seemed like with the Broncos and Cowboys also interested in him. You know, uh, I didn't know how many suitors he had, but the fact that these three teams are going after him seems like pretty hard given the amount of money the Panthers did sign him. Yeah, I'm really surprised that he got the contract that he did. He's going to be 33 years old in August. That's old. <laughs> I mean, Julio Jones is starting to break down, and he's around that age. So it's interesting that they decided to pay him as much as they did, but there is a void of talent at the wide receiver position. And from a fantasy standpoint, you know, I don't know how many more years Adam Thielen truly has. It, it's a three-year deal. We know he's not going to play all three of those years most more more than likely it's either going to end up being a one-year deal and the panthers cut him next year and have some dead cap or you know he plays for the two years and i believe the third year there really isn't any guaranteed money so it'd be a very low cap casualty but i think in the meantime you know because there are a lot of options there for whoever the quarterback's going to be. I think Thielen could be relevant. I think he's going to be wide receiver three at best. I don't think he can get to that wide receiver two level because he's just not going to get the amount of targets he needs to. He'll have a good target share percentage because who else are they going to target? But I just don't think he's going to get enough work to make it relevant enough for you as a dynasty owner to try to target him or even if you try to sell him. I don't really think you're going to get very much for him. Yeah, no, you, you're definitely right. I, I think if you have him, maybe just hang on to him. Like you said, he's kind of just just no going in. He's kind of that, you know, in that wide receiver three territory. The one thing that's interesting and the one area of the field that Thielen has always been a lead in is in the red zone. It'll be interesting to see if that's how the Panthers utilize him and how many you know opportunities he gets in the red area to get some touchdowns. Yeah, Joe, you're right. I mean, he's always been good at getting touchdowns. You know, his best year in 2020, he had 14 touchdowns. But if you even look at the past five years, you're talking six touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns, six touchdowns, nine touchdowns. So he is very touchdown dependent. And in his best years, uh, you know, he was getting, you know, over a thousand yards. He got over a thousand yards, uh, you know, two times in his career. So I don't see that happening. Um, but even last year, he, he was a PPR rank of 29. So if you're in a 12 team league, like we said, you're in that, that wide receiver three range, anywhere past 24, you're in that range. So he probably maintains his value uh, so long as he continues to get the touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll be interested to see who's going to be the quarterback there and throwing him the ball. I mean, he, you know, did have Kirk Cousins and they threw the ball around pretty a decent amount last year with O'Connell coming in. So be really interested to see what the Panthers do at quarterback and what type of offense they're going to do. 
Wide receiver Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans was traded to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys sent over a fifth-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024. Joe, what's your reaction to the news of Cooks being a Cowboy? Yeah, I don't know about you, Steve, but uh, I was kind—I of, was a little surprised by this move. You know, I feel like uh, Brandon Cooks plays a similar style to Michael Gallup, and Michael Gallup, who they just uh, gave an extension to, um, a couple of years ago and, and paid him after the ACL injury showed like they had some faith in him, And, you know, now they kind of go in and get Brandon cooks. I don't know what that says on their, what they think about, you know, Michael Gallup in that sense. But, um, you know, now with, uh, CD lamb cooks and Gallup, it'd be interesting to see how they use all these guys. Yeah. You know, when it comes to cooks, he had a weird year last year. At one point he excused himself from the team. You know, he really never – people actually <laughs> – I remember last year there were a lot of uh, fantasy industry types who were all about Brandon Cooks. And, you know, based on some of the flashes that we saw with him and Davis Mills, they thought that he was an under-the-radar wide receiver that you should target. And, you know, Cooks has had the ability to be a wide receiver one, especially early on in his career in New Orleans, uh, you know, we really haven't seen that type of player really since, uh, you know, his best ever rank was ninth in PPR. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in Dallas. The other concern I have is, you know, you heard Mike McCarthy say he just wants to run the football. <laughs> so he doesn't <laughs> want to light up the scoreboard. So what does that mean for Brandon Cook? And in a way, why did they trade for him? But he does have that speed element. And I think he's a little bit more dangerous the Michael Gallup in that way. So I don't know. I'm curious. How do you, I mean, now we have no Zeke Elliott now cooks is coming in, but you know, we heard McCarthy want to run the ball. How do you think this, does this affect like a CD lamb? You know, Mike used to mention Michael Gallup. Like, do you think that the offense can support, uh, you know, cooks and lamb? I think it can because I don't believe Mike McCarthy and just running the ball. When does Mike McCarthy ever just run the ball? I mean, even when he was in Green Bay, he was in pass-heavy offenses. I'm not sure I believe him. And then if you're really going to be that run-heavy, you know, you're going to need somebody else more than Tony Pollard, um, who, you know, we'll see if he can handle the, you know, every down workload. Um, But, you know, they, they let Zeke walk. I don't know if that, you know, they released him. I don't know if that really shows they're going to pound the ball and, Maybe they're going to address that in the draft and draft somebody else to go alongside Tony Pollard. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Mike McCarthy runs this offense. But, you know, I I wouldn't be worried about CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's a fixture of the offense. Um, He's too talented not not to produce for you. And he has – him and Prescott seem to have a, you know, good rapport with each other as well. Yeah, when it came to Cooks last year, he ended up having 635 snaps, which ranked 86. Uh, if you combine wide receivers and tight ends. So uh, he really wasn't on the field as much as I think he could be in Dallas. So I definitely think his potential is a lot higher. Yeah. I mean, plus uh, definitely potential is higher just because he, you know, Prescott, it, you know, is a major upgrade from whoever was throwing him the ball from Houston. So uh, just in that sense, he's going to have a lot more opportunities as well. But, you know, Cooks has always been, you know, he always has kind of had a, a high average depth of target. I mean, do you really think that 
that Prescott is going to sling him down the field. I don't really know if Prescott's really known for dropping bombs. Uh, he's not, but I think he has the capability to do it. I mean, I he's taken some long shots to like Gallup and uh, CD Lamb down the field. I, I yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, that's not like I wouldn't say that's Dak's best trait, but we also haven't just seen that that much. So it'll be interesting to see if they deploy that, uh, you know, for Cooks or if they he kind of changes his style now that he's a little older. Tight end Dalton Schultz, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, signed with the Houston Texans for a one-year deal, uh, which can be up to $9 million, which is the quintessential prove-it deal, Joe. What's your reaction to Dalton Schultz staying in the state of Texas but going over to Houston? Yeah, what you know, I don't know what it is with these tight ends just going to these anticlimactic teams, man, and just offenses. But at the same time, uh, you know, Houston uh, – doesn't really have too many tight ends in his way. And he's, you know, he's a talented player. He just has had his injury trouble to stay on the field. So, you know, we'll see, you know, these guys on the prove it deals, they tend to play well and look to get paid the following year. We'll see if that trend continues. And it'll also be interesting to see who's going to be throwing them the ball in Houston. But if in fact it is a rookie or young quarterback, tight ends are off in their safety blankets and their best friends. So he could have a good year there. Well, and, you know, Brandon Cooks now leaves that offense, so all those targets that he had are completely vacated, and where are, that, where are they going to go to? So I think Schultz, it's a decent option for him. I don't think he's a tight end. Mm, I'm stopping myself, but I don't think he's a tight end one. I don't. I don't. I think that offense isn't – it doesn't have enough juice in it that's going to make it so that he gets enough targets and enough looks – uh, in order for him to support him to be a tight end one in that offense. However, like I said, there's not a lot of options out there. So in that Houston's Texans offense. So he, he, it'll be interesting to see how he ends up doing. We saw Evan Ingram sign a prove it deal last year. Now Dalton Schultz was a lot more productive. Um, I'm not too surprised at the end of the day though, that he signed a prove it deal because I think he wanted a lot of money in NFL teams that are like, you're good, but we're not going to pay you top dollar uh, because we don't think you're that good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the portion of free agency where we see these one year prove a deal start to come out. I mean, after, you know, the tampering period in the NFL teams have already really gone after and given the multi-year deals to the guys they've really wanted. And then now we're just kind of at the leftovers and these guys, you know, have been holding out for the contracts, but the NFL teams just haven't given it to them. So, they don't have much else as far as options but to take the one-year prove-it deal. And like you said, it will be interesting to see if he, in fact, proves it and earns some money next year. I just wonder why didn't he sign back with Dallas. I think he just has such a great chemistry with Dak. He has been able to put up a good amount of stats when he has been able to stay healthy. And, I mean, who knows? I guess Peyton Hendershot, I guess, <laughs> might take over a tight end for Dallas or maybe they'll end up drafting somebody. Uh, or Dave's got that Jake Ferguson as well, who I think they like. Uh, but I don't know. I just do you find that kind of puzzling that he didn't go back to Dallas? I do, but I also just wonder how much Dallas wanted him back or what the figure was because they're in, you know, cap prison at the moment. I mean, that's why they had to release uh Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe just the money wasn't there. And then, you know, as we mentioned before, maybe their plan is just to draft one because this is a very you know, talented group of tight ends that are coming out. And I think that's really impacted this tight end market as well. 
Well, I mean, we are talking about the Dallas Cowboys who franchise tagged him a year ago. So they were paying him even – he's getting less money than what he did that he got on the franchise tag a year before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I, maybe it just goes back to the fact that they're ready to move on from him and, you know, ready to either roll with uh, the tight ends they have or draft one of these guys coming out. Well, maybe he looks at it as if he can prove himself in the Houston Texans organization and they feel that he is an important part moving forward for that franchise. Maybe they'll reward him, you know, with a bigger contract. And if he can be able to put up the same numbers in that Houston Texans offense, that might give a little bit more validity to him getting a bigger time deal when they may just say, hey, you know, you're more of a product of the system in Dallas. We don't actually think that you know, put in any tight end and they might put up the same production that you did. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, if that's his mindset, he's definitely going to have an opportunity with, you know, in, in Houston with a lesser quarterback play. And, uh, you know, if, if he in fact balls out with the rookie and in that Houston Texans offense, that really shows a lot of validity in his talent and how good of a tight end he is. And there's not really many people to hide from, hide behind from in that Texans organization. Running back Damian Harris signed with the Buffalo Bills on a one-year deal. We're still waiting the contractual information. But, Joe, what is your thoughts about Damian Harris joining the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, you know, Steve, I'm uh, still trying to process here and and figure out exactly how I feel about it. I, I mean, I know uh, I don't know how you feel as a Bills fan, but I just thought the Bills were going to bring in somebody, you know, that would provide a little more power in contrast to a James Cook, you know, like a Fournette or maybe even, uh, you know, trading for a Derrick Henry. I know Von Miller's kind of been teasing you guys with uh, the tweets of him out there in the, you know, at a, in a weight room together. Um, and then you get Damian Harris, who I think, you know, he, he's a solid running back. Um, just don't know that he was that breakout, you know, the big power guy that the Bills were looking for to contrast with a, you know, James Cook, and then you got Naheem Hines for kind of the receiving role and kick returner special teams. So just a crowded backfield and just overall probably not good for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that picture is definitely a tease now because I was really hoping that they would somehow trade for Derrick Henry and, you know, be a late-round pick and be able to have somebody like him who is the ultimate bruiser of a running back. I don't know what to feel when it comes to Damian Harris. I it's a little troubling because you've got James Cook and they're talking about wanting to use Naeem Hines more, and now you're bringing in Harris. So I guess if that was their plan all along to have three running backs, then I guess it makes sense. But even when we used to, used to have Zach Moss, you know, that ended up being a healthy scratch. I don't know if unless one of them is going to be special teams, which I think most likely would be Hines, you know, maybe then they would have all three, but then they also signed Deontay Hardy, who is a special teams player, um, you know, very dynamic when it comes to punt return, kick return stuff. So it's like, well, we don't need Heinz for that role anymore. So I don't know, maybe it's one of those things we see how these players perform in training camp and it's not, not it's not guaranteed that those guys end up staying with the team. I mean, you saw them sign OJ Howard last year. Uh, it was a fully guaranteed contract and they ended up cutting him and ended up going with Quentin Morris instead. So it's still possible that Damian Harris 
doesn't end up, you know, he doesn't end up on the team, you know, beginning of the season. I think the thing you could hope for is, you know, not last year, but two years ago in 2021, he had a total of 15 touchdowns. I mean, that, that to me is, is the goal is to help Buffalo bills in the red zone. And they need a type of power running back to get them in the end zone. I just don't know if, it's just I don't know if Harris is that guy. It's just not that jazzy of a of a signing to me. Yeah, definitely not jazzy. I mean, like we he's he's a solid running back overall, but he's also a guy that's you know dealt with his fair share of injuries over the last couple of years, and you know really you know he's been inconsistent on staying on the field. And then you know it's also interesting because I just wonder like does this mean that the Bills don't want to use Josh Allen as much around the goal line or? in the red zone as well to score his own touchdowns you know there's still that dynamic as well so i don't know overall really interesting move i guess we'll see how it works out it is entirely possible like you mentioned that he's kind of just a training camp body they see how he does and if they don't like him they just move off from him or even put him on the practice squad or something yeah so i mean now the only question is do you think does this take them out of the Bijan Robinson sweepstakes? Because we had seen in a lot of mock drafts that Buffalo is a favorite landing spot for him. Do you think now that Harris is there, no longer Robinson's an option? No, see, I, I think there. I think that could still be a possibility. I don't know if that necessarily. I mean, I don't think Damian Harris is that great of like great of a running back that would take him out of getting an opportunity for B. John Robinson, who everyone is saying is a surefire, you know, superstar uh, talent at running back. And if he truly is that, then I don't think you sacrifice not taking the guy because of, because of Damian Harris. I agree with you. I just, if they do take him, I hope that they possibly <laughs> cut Damian Harris and then try to trade James Cook or something because He's an all-purpose back, and if you're drafting him in the first round, then he should be utilized as such. And if he's only going to be partially used, then what's the point of drafting him in the first round? Yeah, but this day and age, I mean, running backs, that's the one position that gets hurt. You know, you need you need a stable of running back these days. So I, I don't think they if they get B. John Robinson, they should necessarily trade James Cook. You know, I think, fine, if you want to release Damian Harris, he just doesn't work out. But I would still keep James Cook around. So there were a couple other deals that happened over the weekend, and we're here to talk to you about them. So first, uh, we're going to be talking about primarily the offensive players. So offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil got a massive extension with the Houston Texans for three years, $75 million with a whopping $50 million guaranteed. You got offensive guard Isaac Siumalo, if I say that correctly. He's going from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers for three years, $24 million. Wide receiver Mac Hollins, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, is now signing with the Atlanta Falcons for one year, two and a half million. Wide receiver Zach Pascal, uh, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, is now an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, he signed a two-year deal, and then tight end OJ Howard signed with the Las Vegas Raiders uh, for a one-year deal. Joe, what is your thoughts uh, when it comes to this group of guys? Yeah, you know, uh, Tunsil, man, that's that's a hefty payment. Uh, no one, you know, it's no wonder they, uh, you know, they pay him after uh, teams like the Chiefs were looking to acquire him in a trade, and that you know, it's a, I think it's a smart move for the Texans to pay him because they're going to have a young rookie quarterback and got to be able to protect him. And Tunsil's one of the, 
uh, better left tackles in the NFL here. So I think it's a solid move for him to come back. Man, I like the um, Isaac Samalo signing by the Steelers. They really needed to upgrade that offensive line, you know, for not only to protect Pickett, but to improve the run game for to make it easier for Najee Harris to run behind. So that's a really solid pickup. You know, he's a he's a talented guard. So I like that move for the Steelers. And when it comes to Laramie Tunsil, Joe, you know, he's worth every penny. He's one of the best offensive tackles in the league. It's just crazy his path to the NFL, you know, with what happened with him on draft night, with the <laughs> stock falling, you know, going to the Dolphins. And then uh, the Dolphins ended up trading him, you know, which you wouldn't think that you would trade an offensive tackle like that. And then he ends up staying with Houston. Um, you know, I think for them, they need that blindside protector for whatever rookie quarterback they get. And, you know, it's a luxury to have an offensive tackle that you feel really confident in. That's a, a check of the box that they don't really have to worry about. So, that's a sigh of relief for them as they, you know, try to build a winner in Houston. The Isaac Ciamalo signing, which you mentioned, I really like the signing as I, you know, kind of learned more about him. You know, last year he had a really a, a, a resurgent year, and I believe that he only allowed one sack last year. And, and prior to that, he had some injury issues. So I think this is a really good signing for the Steelers. And why we're talking about him is I think it's going to really help that offensive line uh, and Najee Harris. You know, I think he had a down year because of injuries. I think we might see kind of the flashes of the old Najee uh, from his rookie year. So really like that signing and pretty interesting that he was able to sign for three years, 24 million, which was the same amount that the Bills signed uh, offensive guard Connor McGovern uh, early on in free agency. You don't typically see those bigger contracts happening uh, kind of in that second week of free agency. You're really just looking at those prove-it deals. So kind of surprised he was able to get that money. Uh, but, Joe, any quick thoughts on Matt Collins, Zach Pascal, or O.J. Howard? Yeah, I mean, I think O.J. Howard is interesting with the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, they uh, trade away Darren Waller there, you know, this guy is just his name's constantly been brought up at just how athletic he is. Um, although he's never really just been given opportunities in an offense to really excel, I feel like. Um, you know, I'm really curious to see how McDaniels plans to use him in the offense, where they've also got, you know, a decent amount of guys exist in the offense that are ready to pass the ball to. Yeah, the scary part with that is Austin Hooper is possibly coming in for a visit as well. Now you're talking about a pretty crowded tight end room. But I agree, if they don't end up signing him, I think you know Howard obviously was drafted in the first round for a reason, so he has that potential. And you know, can McDaniel's untap that potential? Uh, you know, it, it's an intriguing option for them. And then as far as Hounds and Pascal go, you know, Pascal was pretty irrelevant before. Um, I think he'll be more relevant in Arizona given that they most likely will trade Hopkins, uh, which then, and they also cut Anderson. So they have Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, they have Rondell Moore, and then they've got Greg Dorch, who I don't, Greg Dorch was more of a weapon that Kingsbury used. Uh, I don't really know if the new head you know, coach coaching staff is going to use him. So I think he's, you know, a potentially a better option, but nothing that I think, you know, other than deep rosters, I don't think you really have, are thinking about him. And then Matt Collins, he had that breakout year with the Raiders last year, and I think he would have been better served to see if he couldn't go to the Saints to be with Derek Carr. But even with their lack of wide receiver depth, I just don't trust 
what's going on in that offense. And I think he has the opportunity to be the wide receiver too, because, you know, they only have really Drake London uh, to work with. I know they have all in Zacchaeus, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't expect him to get enough opportunities uh, for him to be relevant. Yeah. I'm interested to see how he does. You know, he's a, he's a pretty big target to throw to. Like you said, he was, I was pretty impressed by him last year on, on the Raiders and just how often they used him after, getting Devonta Adams on their team. There are some games I'm like, why in the world are you just continually throwing this guy the ball versus Devonta Adams? But, um, you know, if the, the Falcons use them in similar ways and, you know, we'll still got to figure out what, who, what quarterbacks are on the ball, but you made an interesting comment. I think it would have been interesting if Howlands would have reunited with Derek Carr with, with, with the saints, because they definitely had some sort of connection, one that I didn't necessarily understand for most of the year, but there was no doubt they had something there. And then, uh, yeah, Pascal um, becomes a lot more interesting, you know, w- with the Cardinals, I feel like, you know, how interesting that really is. Like you said, I think it's, you know, if you play in a deeper league, he could be an interesting guy to just take a flyer on because Arizona's got to throw it to somebody. We plan on seeing Hopkins possibly gone. So it really just leaves uh, – him, Hollywood Brown, and like you said, the Greg Dorch. So transitioning over to the defense side of the ball, uh, safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the top safety in this free agent class, ended up signing a prove-it deal uh, with the Detroit Lions for one year, eight million with six and a half guaranteed. Cornerback Sean Murphy-Bunting signed with the Tennessee Titans on a one year, five million prove-it deal. Defensive tackle Greg Gaines, formerly of the Rams, is now going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. Quarterback Greedy Williams is signing with the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year deal. And then one other offensive name that just recently broke, running back Devin Singletary, formerly of the Buffalo Bills, is signing with the Houston Texans for one year, $3.75 million. So, Joe, what is your reaction to these signings? Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, really surprised the money wasn't out there for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I really don't know why that is, but... Um, you know, the lions got him at a great price and I just don't understand why more teams out there, um, weren't willing to give this guy more than the, just the 8 million on the one year deal that the lions gave him. But, you know, hats off for the lions to give him, getting him on the one year prove it deal. He's a, he's a talented player. Led the league in interceptions last year. You know, they're getting a solid player and I really like what the lions have done. They're no longer going to be the laughing stock of this league. Dan Campbell and the lions are coming out to be a force, man. Yeah, when it comes to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I was surprised, too. He has that versatility where he's able – I mean, in in New Orleans, he did a lot of nickel duty, whereas when he went to Philly, I think he – even himself has kind of mentioned that I can be a full-time safety, and it really showed. I mean, he played incredibly well in Philadelphia. I would have thought that, you know, he would have – gotten the money that he was looking for, but apparently, you know, the NFL teams didn't feel like he was worth the money that he wanted. And uh, he ended up settling for a prove it deal. You know, we, like we mentioned, this happens, especially during this time of free agency. It'll be interesting because they drafted Kirby Joseph, a rookie last year who played really well for them. And then Tracy Walker, who's been kind of a journeyman for them. Um, he's been there for, for quite some time. Um, you know, he's been there now five years. He'll be going on his sixth season. He's not really a journeyman. He's been on the team. <laughs> That's for the long <laughs> term there. But but uh, anyways, I, he's going to go right into the starting role 
and I think he could have an impact. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I, you know, I, I don't really know how he could top last year. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting decision on his part, but it sounds like Dan Campbell and even uh, the uh, defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, sounds like they had a relationship with him uh, many years back, Campbell, when he was in New Orleans, which led him to go to Detroit, which is quite surprising. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I'm sitting here scratching my head as a Broncos fan, man, when Sean Payton's our head coach. And, you know, the rumors were there. At one point, he was following all the Broncos people on Instagram, uh, you know, even the Broncos thing. So, you know, why the Broncos are willing to give a C.J. Gardner-Johnson a contract like this and play alongside Justin Simmons is just baffling to me. Um, but, yeah, I the one thing I was hearing is uh, as far as why he wasn't getting as much money is he doesn't play – free safety is potentially a, you know, a strong safety. And people are saying that they don't NFL doesn't value that position and pay as much money as they do to the free safeties. Hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that as far as the other players, you know, when it comes to Sean Murphy bunting, you know, people won't, he's not a household name probably, especially because people don't follow corners, but I just find what they're doing in Tennessee to be very interesting. Um, they have not had a good tight end or good, They've not had a good cornerback in quite some time. They drafted Caleb Farley, uh, you know, with you know, for, you know, with a first round pick uh, back in 2021, and he's been out, been able to stay on the field. And then they drafted Roger McCreary last year in the second round, and then they also drafted Christian Fulton in the second round in 2020. So you're talking about them drafting a second round corner in 2020, a first round corner in 2021, and a second round corner in McCreary. Now they're bringing in Sean Murphy Bunting, who was a second-round pick in 2019. So maybe maybe Bunting ends up being the right fit for them. I don't know. But it just seems like a musical chair is at cornerback for them. Uh, and they just haven't been able to find the right player for them. And then, you know, Greg Gaines, not a lot of people are going to know about him. He's not a household name. Uh, but, you know, if you listen to Aaron Donald, even Aaron Donald has come out and said, like, I love playing next to Greg Gaines. I think him next to Vita Vey, I think he could be a, a sneaky depth play uh, when it comes to your defensive tackle position. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, as you mentioned, I really like that uh, Greg Gaines move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, on that defensive line. I, you know, especially after losing, uh, I believe they lost Nunez Roches in free agency here. Yep. So being able to insert Greg Gaines in his, uh, in his place is going to be huge for them. You know, like you said, he's not a household guy, but if you just watch the Rams game and watch the D line, the guy makes plays and he's a, uh, he's got great hustle as well. But yeah, the Tennessee Titans, you know, it remind, they remind me of the, the Patriots and not being able to like uh, draft the tight end position. Um, so they're just going to try to use free agency and like trades to figure it out and take proven corners already. But Sean Murphy bunting is definitely going to be an upgrade for them at the cornerback position on a secondary. That's just terrible. Yeah. And lastly, running back Devin Singletary, you know, I was really out on Damian Pierce. You know, I, I think he had such an incredible rookie year and I was happy for him, you know, and, but going into this off season, to me, he was a sell, 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 because in my mind, there was no way, that he was just going to be the main guy like he was last year. And what do you know? Now they're bringing in Singletary in. Now it's going to be a timeshare. And, you know, in Buffalo, Singletary has done well. 
Um, but he's going to take away those opportunities for Pierce. I think it's going to be a one-two split. I think Pierce will still take the lead, um, but this definitely hurts Pierce's value, no question. Yeah, I think it does, but I don't. I'd like to see just how involved Singletary is going to be. I mean, they've only given him one year, three point seven five million, so they didn't give him a really big deal. So I'm curious to see what his workload is. I don't know if I'd be that afraid of Singletary if I was the Pierce owner because I. I think Pierce has already shown he's a better back than Devils Devin Singletary is, and just just the way he runs and everything like that, um, he's I he's still going to get the touches in along the goal line for the for touchdowns as well. So I I don't I don't think the Singletary movement impacts him as much as you might think. So that was our reaction to the signings that took place over the weekend and today. If you've enjoyed this content, we encourage you to please like this video so that others can see it. And then comment below. There are plenty of free agents still out there. So which one is your favorite and what team would you like them to go to? Also, you can subscribe on our YouTube channel. And we recently joined Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So go ahead and add us there as well. Thank you so much for watching and until next time.